Turn with me, please, to the 34th Psalm, Psalm 34 and verse 1. I think this is supposed to be in A flat, I believe. Yeah, that's Psalm 34, verse 1, in A flat. I will bless the Lord, bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord, bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord, bless the Lord at all times. shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him, and they were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. Young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Clap your hands and praise God for his word. My subject today is let's praise the Lord. Come on, tell your neighbor, let's praise the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. The writer of this psalm attributes the title of the psalm and attributes it to King David. The period or date of this psalm was during a stage of David's life during which he was running away from Saul. Saul was seeking to take his life. The title of the psalm refers to events that took place in 1 Samuel chapter 21. In that chapter, David came to the priest. Abimelech, who gave him and his men who were seeking and running for their lives bread, and he gave them a sword. 
But David, while he was there, noticed a servant of one of Saul's, one of Saul's servants in the crowd where he visited uh, Ahimelech. And he knew that Saul's servant, whose name was Doeg, was going to inform Saul where David was. And so David knew, I've got to move away from this place very quickly. And he left in haste and went to the land of the Philistines, to Ashish, who was the king of Gath. Ashish, whose title was Abimelech, was frightened and suspicious and envious of David. His servant said to him in 1 Samuel 21 and 11, Is not this David, the king of the land? And did they not sing to one another of David in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David has slain his ten thousands? And so when David heard that his identity was known and his presence in that area was known, he realized that Ashish would probably attempt to take his life because he represented a formidable enemy. And thus David had to do a very distasteful and humiliating thing so that Ashish would not seek to kill him and be suspicious of him, he pretended to be insane. He acted as if he was crazy. First Samuel 21 and 13 says that he changed his behavior before them and pretended himself mad in their hands. He scrabbled or made marks on the doors of the gate and let saliva run down on his beard. He acted as if he was delirious and, and insane and let those who were around say, what's wrong with him? Why is he acting in that way? But because of this, Ashish concluded that a madman, a man who was having a nervous breakdown, who had lost his mind, a madman constituted no threat to him. And so he simply decided, I will run them out of my kingdom and send them away. And that he did. And David and his men had to flee at the hand of Ashish. It's humiliating for people to think you are crazy. But humiliation is not always a harmful thing because God can't really deal right with proud and haughty people. Sometimes you need a little humiliation. God could have just put David on the throne of Israel. He did not have to send David through all the trials and tribulations that he went through. But God probably knew that David was not ready for victory and for the throne at that time. And God chose to take David to the blacksmith shop where you go through the fire and you're placed on the anvil and the hammer is brought down on you again, again, the, the fire of refinement and the anvil of experience and the hammer of sorrow have a lot to do with making us the people that we ought to be. We've got to understand that before we are ready for what God 
really has in store for us, we may have to go through something. And that something may be tough. We may have to go through the heat. That's what the blacksmith does. He puts the iron in the heat. And when the heat has done its work, he puts it on the anvil of tribulation and experience. And then he beats it with a hammer until he shapes it into what he would have it to be. God is working on somebody in here today. But I want you to know, my brother, my sister, it's for your good. Would you tell two people it's for your good? David went through a terrible trial. And yes, it was for his good. He came out of that trial not depressed about his humiliation, but rather glad that God had blessed him to escape and to overcome. And so David expresses himself in Psalm 34. Let's look at verses 4 through 10 first, and then we'll go back to verse 1 through 3 at the end of our message. Chapter 34, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me out of all of my fears. Hallelujah. David did not ask God to do anything. David would not do anything without seeking the presence of God and the anointing of God on his life. The strategy that the believer uses is a strange strategy indeed. For the believer seeks God in everything. David, being a warrior, was a master strategist. But he did not rely upon his military strategy. He relied on his God. He would go to God in everything. To seek God is to turn toward him. To seek God is to ask for his favor. To seek God is to focus your whole being on the Lord. The Bible says, seek and you shall find. Hallelujah. He said, you shall seek me and find me when you have sought for me with all of your heart and with all of your strength. Seeking God, relating to God, is something that involves your whole being. You become totally consumed in the endeavor. Worship is not a casual thing. The believer has to get down to business with his God if he really wants God to move and bless in his life. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you know anything about hunger, if you know anything about thirst, it deals with the intensity of desire and longing that one has for water and for something to drink. And when you are really thirsty, you cannot live long without water. And when you really are thirsty, it's an all-consuming endeavor. And when people worship God, I love to see them get consumed in the matter of their worship. I love to see them get carried away with giving praise and honor to the Lord. He said, call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And so David says in verse 4, I got down to business about my relationship with God. 
I love to people get, see people get down to business in their relationship with God when they worship him and when they praise him. You're not concerned about what people think. You're not concerned about how people feel. You're just hungry for God. Are there any hungry people in the house today? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I love to have people say to their neighbor, look over at your neighbor and say, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I shall be filled. So David said, I called on the Lord and he heard me. Jeremiah 33 and 3, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. How many of you are not going to be satisfied until you get a great and mighty thing from God? How many of you are not going to be satisfied until God takes you to a higher level? And when he takes you to that higher level, you'll praise him as you've never praised him before. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. He worked for me by dealing with the situation that made me afraid. And then he worked for me by dealing with me so that the situation that made me afraid would not make me afraid anymore. Listen, God can so work in your lives that fear dissipates and disappears. And you walk in courage, even in the midst of fire, even in the midst of danger, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, listen, do what you will, king. I know the fire has been turned up seven times its normal heat. I know that you would destroy us in the fire if you could, but the God that we serve, he's able to deliver us from the fire and deliver us out of your hand. But you tell three people, God is able. Even in the fire, you don't have to be afraid. They went into that fire bound. But when the king came back and checked on him, he said, did not we throw three men bound into the fire? But now I see four men loose. Hallelujah. Walking. Not running, not jumping, not falling out. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth one looks like the Son of God. God doesn't let the fire destroy you. He lets the fire set you free. They were loose in the fire. God is going to loose you, deliver you, set you free in your fire. Come on and praise God. He delivered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. It was Churchill who said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Fear disables you. Fear incapacitates you. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Tell three people, don't be afraid. Child of God is able. He's able to bring you out, to bring you through. And verse 5 says, they looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. Only a look. Their burden was gone. Only a look. God did great things in their lives. Only a look. Listen, faith is only a look. But it brings pardon. 
It brings salvation. Only a look. I know things look bad, but just a look toward God. God brings you out, and God brings you over. David said in Psalm 25 and 15, Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. He shall pluck my feet out of the net. Look at that situation. I'm in a net. I'm looking toward the Lord. There's nothing I can do to set myself free or to get loose. But as I'm looking toward the Lord, the Lord plucks my feet out of the net. Somebody in the house is in a net today, but child of God, if you hold on to God, God is going to set you free. God is going to pluck your feet out of the net. Tell two people, I see you coming out. In the name of Jesus, I see you coming over. Hallelujah. And then in verse 6, the Bible says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his distress. This is an illustration of the personal testimony of this verse. In verse 4 and in verse 5, this poor man cried. Either he had been poor or he was still poor. He was reduced to rummaging in garbage cans and trash cans, but he still could sing. His eyes are on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his trouble. Child of God, if you don't know what to do, call on God. Cry out to God. Away with this dignified, philosophical, soliloquy, but began to put your trust in Almighty God. Sometimes all you have to do is just cry out unto him, and the Lord will step in and see all about you. He cried, the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all of his troubles. And then in verse 7, the Bible says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Child of God, I just came by to let you know we are surrounded by angels. Will some of you tell somebody we are surrounded by angels? And the songwriter said all night and all day the angels keep watching over me. And as long as we are surrounded by angels, there's nothing that can get through to us that God does not permit. My Bible says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the call according to his purpose. Child of God, things are working out for you. Tell your neighbor things are working out for you. Angels all around you. You're never alone. You're never by yourself. I trust in God wherever I may be. Out on the land, on the stormy sea. Though the pillars roll, he keeps my soul. My heavenly Father watches over me. How many of you know God is watching over you? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, 
God is watching over you. I've got to finish with this now. In verse 8, let's read verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. All you have to do is try God. When you're the best, you don't mind being tried. And the psalmist said, taste and see. I want you to experience your God. Your God will bring blessings in your life. If you trust him, you will be blessed. If you rely upon him, you will be blessed. Try God. Try God. If you try him, he'll bring you over. If you try him, he will bring you out. Let's go to verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear the Lord. If you fear him, you're showing him reverence. If you fear him, you're showing him respect. Some people cannot be brought close because they get overly familiar. But God wants you close, but he demands your respect. Fear him, honor him, respect him, respect his will, respect his plan, respect his house. Can't act any old kind of way in the house of God. In God's house, you reverence the Lord, you praise the Lord, you bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Come on, praise him, praise him. Praise him. Not only respect him, not only fear him, but in verse 10, the Bible says the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. As I look on the wildlife documentaries on television, every once in a while I see lions who were attacking and bringing down their prey and the animals that were around them. But finally a famine came in that area and the lions that were so strong began to starve to death and began to suffer hunger. You see them famished, too weak to attack, even prey. You see them struggling to survive. And this is what the psalmist had seen, young lions that were strong and mighty losing their strength because of lack of food and lack of nourishment they suffered lack and suffered hunger but the psalmist said if you seek the lord god will take care of you if you seek him god will make a way for you he'll bring you over he'll bring you through he'll bring you over by his power Come on and praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, I once was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Will you tell your neighbor, neighbor, God said it's going to be all right, all right. Be not dismayed, whatever time God will, God
God will take care of you in the midst of trouble, in the midst of pain. God will not only surround you, but he'll pick you up above every wall of the enemy and you walk in strength and walk in power. Help me praise him, help me praise him. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. When you come into the house of the Lord, open up your heart to the presence of God. Reach out with all your strength. Bless the Lord with all your might. Praise him, praise him. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Glorify him, bless his name, bless his name. If you seek him, you won't want, you won't desire, you won't long for anything. But God will take you higher, higher than you've ever been before. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's able. I said he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask or that we may think. So we've read verses 4 through verses 10. But let's go back to the beginning of the psalm. Psalm 34 and verse 1 where the psalmist said, I will. My mind is made up. I'm determined about this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Say it after me. I will bless the Lord at all times. Good times, bad times, tough times, rough times. I will bless the Lord at all times. Come on, bless the Lord, oh my soul, at all that is within me, bless his holy name. Help me bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Praise him, extol him, bless the Lord, hallelujah. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. I don't mind folk hearing me praising the Lord. I don't mind if you think I'm excessive in my praise. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you don't know what the Lord has done for me. If you knew, you'd praise him with all your might, all that is in you. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, all that is within me. Bless, bless his holy name. Then he went to verse two. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God has been good to me. God has set me free. Does anybody here that the Lord has healed? Does anybody here whom the Lord has delivered? Does anybody here know the Lord will make a way? Does anybody here 
who was down and the Lord picked you up. You got to boast about your God. My God is a mighty God. My God is a great God. God can do anything. Tell your neighbor, my God can do anything. Come on and praise him. Glory, glory, oh, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name, bless his name. Praise his name. God, pick me up. Turn me around. Change my life. Took me higher. On this Thanksgiving day, I couldn't let the day go by without saying thank you. I couldn't let the day pass without saying, Lord, you've been good to me. Thank you. Praise you. I magnify you. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, all that is within me, bless, bless his holy name. Come on, bless his holy name. Has he done anything for you? Bless his name. Has he picked you up? Bless his name. Has he turned you around? Bless, bless his name. Clap your hands and praise him. Praise him, praise him. I need some praise in the room. I need some thanks in the room. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I know what he's done for me. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, he's so good. Hallelujah. So good to me. Hallelujah. Made a way. Met my knees. Open, close doors. I've got to praise him. Clap your hands and praise him. Open your mouth and praise him. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah, heal my body, took away my pain, lifted my sorrow, he gave me joy, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. If you think, I said, if you think, you will thank the Lord. Some of you, if you would just think for a minute, you look back on that hospitalization, 
and the doctor could not tell you anything that would be promising or good but you called on the Lord and now you're out of the hospital alive and well some of you couldn't pay your rent but God opened the door and made a way and you ought to thank God and praise his name when it seemed that there was no hope you endured kept on believing God and God brought you out and you ought to praise him I said you ought to praise him for all that he has done all that he has been all that he will continue to do in your life bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless bless his holy name could we just bless the Lord one more time I just want you while you stand in the house of God to look over and tell your neighbor one thing that the Lord has done for you that you're grateful for that you thank God for let's look over and tell them right now tell them what it is And I began to praise God for what he's done. Praise God for who he is. Praise God for that song. His praise shall continually be. His praise shall continually be. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we come to the close of this service, I want to give someone an opportunity to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Every sin you've ever committed can be forgiven. Jesus died for you and rose again from the dead. I want to pray for you if you want to accept Jesus Christ. If you know you need salvation and forgiveness, God will do so this very moment. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you would say, Preacher, I may not have given the Lord the honor, the attention, and the obedience that I should have given to him, but I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be saved. If that's you, I'll pray for you. And every sin you've ever committed, God will forgive it. While your head is bowed, every eyes are closed. I need to know that you desire prayer. If you would say, pray for me, preacher, I want to know Jesus. Lift that hand and hold it high. I'll minister to you. This is your day, your time, your opportunity to be saved, to be forgiven, to walk in the power of the Lord. Dear Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll come into every life that yearns for you. I pray, dear Lord, that every sin will be forgiven, that you'll come into their lives and that they will never, ever again be the same. 
Forgive them, dear Lord, for walking in their own way. And now turning toward thee, they are begging you, come into my life and let me be the new person that only you can make me. Pray this prayer after me, please, dear Lord. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me and rose again. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, and I thank you, Lord. I am saved. I am forgiven. I have new life. Clap your hands and thank God. If you prayed that prayer with me, lift your hand, please. If you prayed that prayer with me, lift your hand. I want to know your name. I want to write you this week. I want to pray for you. I need your name on my prayer list. I want to give you literature regarding salvation. So if you lifted your hand, please step to the aisle, come down to the altar, and celebrate your salvation in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you would want to join the church, I'll be a part of this fellowship. We'll be happy to deal with you also. Step out, come forth in the name of Jesus. I will bless the Lord, bless the Lord at 